that because of our service this morning, things will go a little longer. So uh, I'm going to pause James just for a little minute, and uh, we'll pick it back up here soon. But uh, I just want to talk a little bit this morning about this whole thing of spiritual growth. Um, you know, we're in a world, particularly here in the Midwest, where we love to watch things grow. I mean, you've watched from the time that we went from the brown ground to uh, corn and beans going into the ground to now um, at least sweet corn's getting harvested. Uh, you know, you watch that process and we watch stuff grow and it's kind of a natural world for us. Um, those of you who have children or grandchildren, you know as well as I do, it seems like it goes by so fast. But it's fun to just watch the kids grow. Uh, and everything is new and exciting to them. Uh, and so to see it through the eyes of a child, this week I was uh, changing oil in my van and Alden and Claire and Jean were out in the shop. And so I'm thinking, might as well get them involved. So uh, we had to jack up the car. And so I, I showed them how to run the jack. I never knew jacking up a car could be so much fun. But for a two-year-old and a five, and a six-and-a-half-year-old, you know, they were just amazed. Every time they pushed it down, it went up. And... So they would push it down again and again, you know, and didn't tell them how to let it down because I didn't want them to play around while I was under it. Uh, even though I used jack stand, I would rather not depend on them. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I didn't tell them that part because it wasn't appropriate for it. You know, and I think there's just a simple lesson in that. You know, for some reason, our culture can't figure this out. There are things that are age appropriate for children. You know, and we're in a culture where we're, I'm afraid we're, ra- we're, we're exposing our kids to too much too soon. And, you know, so there was some, so they know how to jack it up. They don't know how to let it down. They're not ready for that yet. And it's, it's the same thing in Christian growth. As you grow, there become things that become more appropriate for you as you age, as you mature as a Christian. So this morning, I just want to talk about, let me give you a quick history, first of all, of Christian growth throughout church history. And then I want to dive into just a couple of principles, I think, that will help us to understand how God works and matures and grows in our life and and, and a couple of things that are involved. Um, First of all, what you need to understand is when you go back in history um, to the Dark Ages, when it came to Christian growth, um, the church, Christianity, tended to tie um, the issue of salvation and Christian growth together, um, particularly in the Roman Catholic Church, where you had this background of um, uh, works-oriented things. So the idea was the way that you grew as a Christian, the way that you gained God's favor as a Christian was you worked. You did a whole bunch of things that pleased God. And the more things that you did that pleased God, um, the more God was happy with your life. Um, and that worked, that was kind of the teaching of the, uh, of the church as a whole for a long time until Martin Luther came along and he went, mm, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. Salvation is by grace through faith alone, in Christ alone, nothing else. So he kind of made a distinction, and that's what we have with the Reformation. Um, we actually had Protestantism coming out of that, which basically focused on salvation is one thing, Christian growth is another thing, versus Roman Catholicism, which had both of them blended together. And so you kind of had this, this, this division then, and we went along fine for a while with that. And then uh, the next thing that happened um, is a guy comes along, 
Um, a guy comes along by, by the name of John Wesley. Um, Wesley kind of looked at the Christian growth thing a little bit different. Basically, what Wesley said is that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and you go along to a certain point, and then there becomes a defining event. Um, sometimes it's called a second work of grace. Uh, sometimes it's called baptism of the Spirit. Um, they gave it different terms, but the idea was you would go along in your Christian life, and then there was an experience. There was some kind of experience that catapulted you up, so to speak, to start living now your Christian life at this level. Uh, and that went along for a while. And we have a lot of, by the way, we have a lot of Christian groups or denominations that are kind of uh, have that mentality. Um, sometimes in the in a Pentecostal or charismatic movement, what happens is they believe that that you you go along in your Christian life, and then when there's a defining moment, in some cases it's speaking in tongues, and all of a sudden now you're at this spiritual level. And then recently. Um, and when I say recently, I'm talking the last hundred years, um, we've come along with what we call progressive sanctification or progressive growth. Um, you need to think of that in terms of a process. So if we're going to chart these out, here's the way it would go. Um, in the early church history, Christian growth kind of went like this. You, you would work and you would become more and more, uh, you'd obey God more and more and more and more and more and more and more, and you would grow that way. And Wesley, what happened is you'd put your faith and trust in Christ and you'd go like this, and then it would become a special event, an experience, and boom, you would jump up and you'd live your life this way. Progressive sanctification, progressive growth, looks like this. Up, down, up, down, up, down, sharp turn, left turn, right turn, up, down, up, down. The issue is this, is that you grow over time. But even the roller coaster, if you look at the roller coaster, the roller coaster goes like this. So it's on its way up. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's highs and lows. And so as a church, that's what we believe. We believe that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you have everything you need for salvation. Now, whether or not you access it is, is, is partly your decision. We're going to talk about that. It's just like me when I go into my shop, um, when I'm changing oil, like this week when I changed oil. Uh, I, 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 I have a, a, an oil filter wrench. It's designed for a certain type of filter. So I was changing oil on my van. I go over to my cabinet. I pull out the oil filter cap that fits that filter. I put it on. I take my little uh, uh, ratchet socket thing and zip it right off. I don't have to do it that way. I can look at it and go, you know what? Yeah, I know it's over there in the cabinet, but I'm not going to use it. I'm going to do it the hard way. And I'm going to reach up there and keep trying to crank it, and that won't work. So I shove a screwdriver in it and get oil all over the floor and spin it. Or I can go get the... It's my call how I want to do it. I have all of the tools in my shop I need. Whether or not I use them is my call. We believe that when... You put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. God gives you everything you need. Whether or not you access it, that's your call. So let's talk about this thing about Christian growth. How does God grow us? How, does, how do we work through this process? How do we measure? What, what, what does it look like for us? So first thing you need to understand is this. Christian growth involves time. Now look, we're an instant society. We want it all now. 
Uh, you know, again, maybe you don't have this problem. This is my spiritual issue between me and God and McDonald's. But when I pull up to McDonald's and place an order and I pay for it, first of all, they get my money. Then I go up to the da- and she and she looks at me and goes, can you please pull ahead? We will bring that out to you. There's a real battle going on in my head at this point. Because I don't like to go up and wait. I went through the drive-thru for a reason. I want to go. I don't even want to get out of my vehicle. And you are asking me now to pull up, put my vehicle in park, and wait. That is not why I came through the fast food line. That is not why I'm at the fast food place. We get that way with our Christian life, don't we? Well, God, you don't understand. My marriage is in trouble and I need you to fix it. Okay, stop for a second. Because here's what I will tell you. That didn't happen overnight. It was a process that took place for your marriage to get to the point that it's at. It was a process. And if you're going to fix it, it's going to be a process. My my basic idea is this. However long it took you to get there is probably how long it's going to take you to get out. It was four years to get in the mess that you made. It's probably going to take you four years to get out. What happened? We find ourselves in, in financial trouble. Oh, I'm in financial trouble. Why? Well, I just keep putting stuff on my credit card. I keep putting stuff on my credit card. I keep putting stuff on my credit card. How long have you been doing that? Four or five years? Guess what? It's probably going to take you four or five years to dig out from underneath that. Oh, no, no, no. I got a thing in the mail that said I can consolidate it all. And then you get another credit card application. No, 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 no. You got it. It's taking you time to get where you are. It's going to take you time to get out from underneath what it is you want to change. You don't, you don't get to go through the fast food line when you've had these life issues that you've developed. So, same thing, Christian growth. <clears throat> you spent 20, 30 years living for the world? Guess what? You're not going to flip a switch, become a Christian, and everything's become magical. It doesn't work like that. It, it, it is a time process. And sometimes we, we forget that. Um, here's basically what Luke said about Jesus. And Jesus, this verse, by the way, this verse just boggles my mind, and I'll, I'll touch on it for a second, and then you can, you can wrestle with it the rest of the day. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature in favor with God and man. You know what this says? Jesus grew in wisdom. How does that happen? How does God, who knows everything, learn more? He had to learn how to speak. Have you ever contemplated that? Mary and Joseph had to say, this is an A. Now, they didn't have A's and B's and C's. It was Greek and Hebrew and Latin and all those languages. Mostly Greek. Um, This is an A. Jesus, can you say A? He spoke the world into existence. And he's now learning the alphabet. Wisdom. Stature. He grew physically. And in favor with God, he is God. How do you get more God than God? But there's a spiritual dynamic in which I think, I think as I look at this passage, 
And again, this is the incarnation, which is incredible. But as I look at this, favor with God, I think it's the idea of it's one thing to see the effects of sin. It's, one, it's another thing to be up close and personal when he is experiencing it one-on-one and seeing. I think that's why he cries at the, at the grave of Lazarus. And with man, relationally. This is what Jesus does. He grows. Um, Peter um, says it this way. And again, this is written near the end of, uh, during a time of persecution. The church is really having a tough time. And Paul and Peter said, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be knowledge, both now and forevermore. The idea that you and I, we grow as we learn more about Christ, as we, as we start to follow Him, as we start to implement some of those things. But it's a process that's going to take time, folks. So for some of you, you walk in here and you look at people and you go, you know, they look like they've got it all together and their life is all this. And all. You need to understand, there are people here who have been walking with God for 30, 40, 50 years. It's not going to happen for you in two weeks or a month or a year or two years. Um, second idea is this, the process involves God. Listen to what Philippians said. Paul says this to the church of Philippi, being confident in this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. You know what this means? God doesn't start a project he's not going to finish. Unlike us. Okay? How many of you have a project you started that is not finished? Yeah, yeah. Wives, stop nudging husbands, all right? I mean, seriously, it's one of those things, right? Don't we all have projects that we started, and it's like, I'll get around to it? And five years later, we're still, well, all we have done in five years is moved it from place to place to place. Why? Because we, get, we have the habit of starting stuff and not finishing. God, God says, look, you need to understand it. I saved you. I have a plan for you. And I'm going to keep working until you figure it out. I'm not giving up on you. I'm not quitting on you. You go, well, you know, I'm a work in progress. I mean, there's just so much I've messed up. No, you understand. God says, I'm going to keep plugging away until you get it. If you don't get it the easy way, then we'll try to figure it out the hard way. Is that not, those of you who have kids, is that not what you do with your kids? You say, okay, kids, here's the easy way, here's the hard way. Figure out which way you want to learn it. Um, And most of us, if we were honest, you know, we don't do it the easy way, we do it the hard way. Um, and God patiently continues to work, continues to try to get our attention, continues to try to uh, figure that stuff out for us. And I want to challenge you because it's this idea of God's at work. So then you're, you look at it and you go, well, then why are not I growing? Because there's a third part of this. There's a time part, there's a God part, and there's a you part. It's your call. You're the one that has to make the choices. Kids, listen to me. If you mess up your life, there's one person to blame. You. Oh, but my parents did so many things wrong. Don't care. They'll give an account to God for that. That's between them and God. You are responsible for you. And you're in a culture which everybody teaches you it's okay to blame somebody else. I'm always running around, who can we blame, who can we blame, who's at fault here? I mean, you know, you're watching a, a school shooting, who's at fault? The guy with the gun. Oh, yeah, but there's all these contributing factors. I don't care. 
The guy with the gun. Solve that, the problem is solved. And yet we're in a culture which, again, we just like to blame everybody else around it instead of people taking ownership for themselves. You are responsible for your spiritual life. God's on your side. He's doing everything he can. It's going to take time, but you are the one who has to make the call. You have to sit back and say, am I growing? Where, where is my spiritual life now in comparison to where I was before? You heard people up here give you their testimony. Of, I was going through the motions. I was doing this. I was doing this. It wasn't real. It wasn't real. And then it became real. Then it made a difference. Then it changed my outlook. That's what we're talking about. Where you make the choice. You know, I was the same. You know, my testimony is much the same as some of these people. I was brought up in a Christian home. I was brought up in church. I was surrounded by it all. But it wasn't real until I made the decision that I needed to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And, 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 and you know, I think we forget this so often. That you know what? We, we, are, we are responsible for our spiritual growth. You know, I'm thrilled you're here this morning. It tells me that you're interested in trying to do what's right. You're trying to grow. But listen, if you don't apply it, it doesn't make a difference. Some of you will sit here and listen this morning and go, yes, that was awesome. Oh, I feel terrible because I need to grow and I'm not growing like I should. Blah, 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 blah. And you will walk out the same way you walked in and nothing will change this week. We're missing it when we do that. We're missing it. We have to apply it. We have to make it real. Um, why? Because at the, end of, at the end of our life, listen to what Paul says. Here's, here's how Paul says it. <coughs> I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Paul comes to the end of this thing called life for him. He's about ready to be executed after this. He says, I've, I've, I've hung in there. You want to know what God requires more than anything else of us? To hang in there and keep going. To hang in there and keep going and plugging away and doing what we can day after day after day. That's how you start to grow. Um, listen to this. Paul, or Hebrews writer, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, that he's God, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You can't please God without faith. You get saved by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You know how you live your Christian life? By putting your faith and trust in God every day. Listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians 4. More required in stewards of man be found faithful. God doesn't need you to be a big spokesman or any, he just needs you to be faithful. He needs you to show up and keep plugging away and plugging away and plugging away. My question to you this morning is this, are you growing? Are you growing? Um, I had a discussion with somebody a couple, know, a couple months ago. They were talking about they had been in a situation where um, their spouse got really short with somebody and kind of was really short with them <clears throat> and said, you know, and they, we were talking about it and they said, uh, you know, they felt really, really bad. And they kept thinking, how can I as a Christian act like that? And I said, that's awesome. 
I said, what do you mean? I said, because two years ago, they wouldn't even have thought that. Two years ago, they could, they could get cross with somebody and, and say something to them, and it never bother them. The fact that it bothers them, that's growth. One of the things that you'll find, if you start reading autobiographies or, or biographies of, of Christian people who have served God for years and years and years and years, one of the things that amazes me is the more they have served God, the worse they think they are. Because the idea is I learn more and more about God, I realize how far short I come and how far I still have to go. That's growth. And for some of you, you're going, well, then I'm, I'm like a super saint because um, i got so far to go, you know. But, I mean, really, it's the issue of just plugging away at it, folks. And some of you get discouraged because, like, well, you know, I shouldn't do that as a Christian. Be thrilled that it bothers you now because four or five years ago it didn't even bother you. That's growth. For some of you, again, you're looking for these, you're kind of the Wesleyan thing. You're looking at this boom. You're looking for this big jump. Not a jump, it's a roller coaster thing. Some days you do better than other days. You know, I, you know, I look at myself at the things because I think if you want to learn something about yourself, figure out what it is that ticks you off. And I look at some of the things that tick me off and I'm like, how petty can you be? Really? You're upset because they're driving the speed limit? You know, let's look at myself and go, man, you got a long way to go, buddy. You know, but again, ask yourself, you know, are you, on, are you growing like you need to grow? So I end this morning with this idea. Christian growth is a process that's going to require time, it's going to require God, and it's going to require you. Maturity comes with years of faithfulness consistently applying God's principles in every aspect of your life. If you're going to follow Jesus, it's an all-in commitment that honors Him in every area of your life. Let's pray. Lord, help us. Lord, there's not one of us here who is where we need to be. But Lord, we're all a work in progress. So continue to guide and direct us. May we do better this week than we did last week. May we try to apply things this week that we haven't applied in weeks past. And Lord, may you grow us so that people can see Christ in all that we say and all that we do, since we ask in your name. Amen. Let's stand together.